0: When US and China are going after each other, uh, there's no winner in that warfare. You can choose this middle path between US and China.
1: And this middle path is called Bitcoin. Welcome back to Beyond the Price, a podcast from Coinpost that goes beyond the flashing numbers to explore how Bitcoin fits into the global economy and how real people and real companies are actually using it, especially in Asia. For this episode, I spoke with Louis Liu, founder and CEO of Mimesis Capital, a Taiwan-based family fund. Now, because Louis is an investment manager, this conversation mentions investing and prices more than other episodes. But I think the real value comes when he talks about what it means to invest with a Bitcoin mindset rather than a fiat mindset. Fiat meaning dollars or other government currencies, or a Bitcoin mindset rather than a crypto mindset. Toward the end, we unexpectedly get into Taiwanese geopolitics and what Bitcoin offers a population caught between two empires, the US and China. So definitely stick around for that. As always, let me know what you think, and I hope you enjoy. I'm here with Louis Liu, founder and CEO of Mimesis Capital. Louis, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for coming on. Um, I thought, so uh, with with. Uh, well, the podcast is called Beyond the Price. So uh, rather than just talking about the price, the idea is that we go beyond the price to uh, to talk about um, what Bitcoin really is, what it offers the world, how people are actually using it. Um, so I thought, uh, because I was looking at your um, Mimesis Capital's website, and I saw that you're a Bitcoin-denominated fund. So uh, um, you're you're trying to increase uh, the amount of bitcoin you hold rather than just increasing the the dollar value of your investments which i thought was really interesting and probably for a lot of people especially if they're not familiar with the bitcoin space that's a totally new idea to them because for most people investment means just trying to increase that that dollar number so i thought we could start um i mean first i want to i want to hear your background like how you got into bitcoin but then i'd love to dive into what what this means like to be on a Bitcoin standard rather than a, a dollar standard or any other kind of fiat currency standard. Um, but first, um, yeah, how? what's your background? How did you come to where you are right now?
0: Sure. Um, so I first uh, stumbled upon Bitcoin. Um, I think that's when in the 2016, um, early 2017 uh, when Bitcoin traded a thousand dollar um, so I was in a college um, and looking for um, a job in, the, in, in New York. Um, and um, I've been inv- an investor for a long time since I was a very, uh, very young. Um, my philosophy about investment is mostly um, about investor. So you can say I learned a lot from uh, Warren Buffett, Benjamin Graham. Uh, and a volume investor like um, and when I take a look at the Bitcoin when I was uh, at um, at the university I immediately get attracted by this uh, concept of um, limited supply uh, decentralized um, network um, which you can basically um, use it everywhere any, 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 uh, any location um, peer-to-peer so that, that is a fascinating uh, idea for me and I just wonder that you know no one is actually taking a serious look at this asset class um, you know my my classmate um, and my professor doesn't really you know get into um, this this type of asset right so I be thinking you know maybe I, I have discovered something that is unique to me and um, which has which is you know undervalued. Um, so that's when I started to dig deeper uh, into Bitcoin. Um, and right off, after university, I started working for a family office fund based in New York, uh, and I was appointed to as like a, a partner uh, at their uh, venture fund, uh, specialized on the blockchain type investment. Uh, mm-hmm. That was like back in two thousand seventeen. Um, you might wonder that how I become a partner there, but it's it just like you know, back in time just so few people have deep understanding across different subjects. Um, especially around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Um I was one of the few um uh, that has the experienced um you know, and knowledge of that. So I become a partner there, uh starting, you know, you know, invest in companies that build on the blockchain technology, you know, cryptocurrency, you know, there's a lot of noise during that time. But it's, it's, a, it's a bear market, right? 2017 bear market. Um, that's before the uh, uh, the 20k um, peak and drop back down to, you know, 5,000, something like that.
1: Right. Before the huge 2017-18 hype.
0: Yeah, but but that was right after I joined the firm and right. uh, just looking into different investment. But I, I was, you know, deep in my um, i idea that maybe you know the the, the thesis that this fund is driven, uh, is, is just wrong, right? I don't think from my conversation and my my research, uh, I don't see there's any um real intrinsic value behind any blockchain companies. And even the technology itself, that just doesn't make sense, because how would you like to build like a, a fast um, communication technology on top of Bitcoin, right? Or, or based on the base layer? It's just not possible. You have to extract the layer or you build a new type of chain. But you also lack the incentive of this, um, you know, the coin, the asset, right? So it doesn't make sense for a lot of technology to implement blockchain. So it's just a hype war, you know. During that time, there's a lot of like companies trying to build blockchain. Even J.P. Morgan trying to do their own, own blockchain, right? But it all fell. I kind of like witnessing that, and there's also like a lot of like shit out there, altcoins, um, trying to revolutionize Bitcoin, and um, it has some, you know attractiveness in the beginning, where, you know, they kind of like, scam a lot of people, believe, you know, um, turn a lot of those uh, investors into uh, the sharecoiners, and believing that, you know, your token and the technology can solve anything. But to end up like, it's just a, you know, not true at all. Uh, You know, and that's when I started to dig in more deeper into the Bitcoin technology and Bitcoin protocol, Uh, that's why I find out the the thesis is not, you know, finding the next revolution in, in the blockchain technology or, or what blockchain can revolutionize or what what kind of things, kind of asset can be tokenized, right? There was a big discussion around security token back in time. Yeah. Um, people were like thinking about, oh, can we tokenize security? Can we tokenize real estate? But at the end of the day, you know, it takes a lot of energy and capital to rebuild, Um. The whole thing right and it's not easy you can rebuild the whole security system uh, the whole real estate uh system from the ground yeah. up using blockchain magically using the blockchain then so um i kind of like you know realizing that quite early and um and 2020 20, um i think 2019 right i joined a cryptocurrency hedge fund which is one of the um top Currency, cryptocurrency hedge fund in the, uh, in, the, in the US called Block mm-hmm. Tower Capital. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be there for um, a few months, like four or five months, and I left uh, during the COVID um, twenty twenty. Um, during that time, I, I also uh, see through a lot of pop and down. I was in the front seat, um, looking how they trade, looking how they invest, also looking looking at how they do fundraising. Um, you know, I have, I have tons of experience sitting on the, on that table. Um, looking at how things get constructed. Um, I just not the type of person that into that, those type of culture. Um, I, I realize I, I need to find something that is truly valuable. It's truly, um, worthy of my time and something that I can, you know, um, g- grabs and also find something that's valuable. And I figured that the only things that in the, um, you know, cryptocurrency world, the only thing that works is probably Bitcoin. 2020, there's a big crash. Um, Bitcoin died down to 5, 5k. Uh, that's when I was thinking about, you know, maybe this is a good time as the, you know, market capitulated uh, to start a family fund. Uh, mm-hmm. So I basically com- convinced my family to say, you know, uh, why not we put some of our liquid asset uh, into Bitcoin, uh. So that's when I started the Mises Capital. Uh, not only we we are you know invested heavily, um, in Bitcoin. Uh, we also uh supported invested in uh, early stage Bitcoin companies like uh, you know, Unchain Capital, uh, Swan Bitcoin, um, Umbro, uh, and many others. Um, in early on, I think I made those investment. Either between late twenty nineteen or uh, twenty twenty, uh, I continue to support them, but I I've been very um conservative on my um you know venture venture investment, but that's something that ties back to my you know the Bitcoin denominated strategy focus, where if you wanted to outperform Bitcoin, there's like a couple of ways to do it. Mm. Um, one way is you can trade it, right? but trading is a, a very sophisticated skill. Uh, it Rather depends on luck than, yeah. than the actual skill. Um, so um, majority of my time, it's just hold, hold of Bitcoin. Um, and, uh, and investing in the Bitcoin companies, those, you know, business that build on top of Bitcoin, whether it's building multisig, um, whether it's building Bitcoin back lending, um, whether it's like, a, a brokerage like Swan, um, I think they are, you know, riding this Bitcoin wave and building specifically on the Bitcoin protocol. I found that you know, apples and culture fascinating, and I think you know, from the value investor standpoint, I think those startups uh, are actually very undervalued um, in in the way that no venture capital uh is actually looking at those c- company
1: hmm.
0: um but slowly you know there are a couple like big um venture capital that right now looking at bitcoin uh, companies um, but back in the time like two or three years ago there isn't any uh, actual like legitimate uh you can quote unquote silicon valley vc or large size check uh, into those company you know um, they are they're still very early um, but i find there's like a, a symmetry um, where where i just discovered that uh, maybe you know there's a there's a probability that those companies that focus specifically on bitcoin uh, could outperform bitcoin in the long term or e- or even outperform um, companies that build horizontally like build like coinbase right they build um, they support every single tokens or like mm. binance Maybe a vertical approach <clears throat> is something that uh, might turn out very competitive um, in the future. Uh, that was my riskier, riskier investment uh, yeah. beside you know allocating capital into Bitcoin. I still considered all that you know pieces around Bitcoin venture capital a risky type investment. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, it will be worthwhile, and it will be interesting to see. Like, you know, maybe out of the 100 companies, maybe 10 of them could be a unicorn or maybe even one of them can be a unicorn. Um, but I think this path is the right path uh, to build specifically on
1: Bitcoin. I should have asked at the start, but uh, you said you've always been into value investing in, in the traditional uh, finance world. Um, what would be the um, the other type of investing as opposed to value investing?
0: Well, so, so I took a specific course um, during my 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 college time um, called value investing. I studied finance, and uh, you know when I graduated, are you know many of my classmates, you know working in different sector of you know um, finance. Either they are analyst, research researcher, um, buy side, sell side, uh, but specifically. if you talk about investing, right, uh, on the buy side, you know, there are a couple um, categories, you know, for example, like value Investor is one category Um, um you, can, you can say quantitative, those quants, uh, you know, specialized math, engineering, high, high frequency, trading. high frequency, yeah, high frequency trading, not necessarily high frequency, but um, you know, Majority of them are in in the high frequency, mm. um, or you can say um, momentum, uh, momentum is, is or venture capital is one, is one category. Uh, more riskier bets, um, private equity, right? Um, so these are all uh, different ways of investing, right? And um, and and you know my characteristic, you know my personality. My more suited to um, this concept of value investing, you know, uh, picking asset that is undervalued and which I could sleep comfortably at night. I don't have to, you know, um, wake up every, every night worried about,
1: you know, if my holding crops or something like that. Right. You're holding it for a longer time frame. You're not looking to trade it like on a daily or weekly or even monthly time frame.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what, uh, um, value investing means for, uh, it has to be long-term, um, mm-hmm. because you don't, you don't predict the market in the short term. Um, you predict the market long-term and in that prediction, you also always want to find a uh, margin of safety, um, where you could be wrong, but if you run, uh, you need, so so that's why you you want to buy something that's way undervalued, right? So if it if it's something like you know, trade at you know ten dollars, um, and and, you know, and it's it's right now, its value at eight, right? It's clearly overvalued, right? If it's something that's its value at ten and right now it's trading at two, so you have this a huge gap between the valuation and the actual the trade price, hmm. um and then you find a significant discount uh, to the price. So, so that's when you have this margin of safety um, to protect you in case um, there's a further downside. Uh, I think similar philosophy can apply to different type of types of asset. Um, so you can apply that to stock, you can apply that to bond, um, Bitcoin, real estate. I think everything, it's, it's kind of like a philosophy
1: right it's a live philosophy how you approach investment how you approach different things in life right so you buy something you you personally believe that its value is much higher than the current price and then you kind of just sit on it um you regardless of the short-term volatility you uh you have confidence that what you bought is eventually gonna trend towards it's uh the the value that you see in it exactly yeah yeah I, uh, I feel like um, with a lot of especially crypto investment like we all like us non investors or amateur investors we all got sold on this idea of value investing like oh you should hold this because it's going to be value a long time from now whereas all the the early investors or like the venture capital investors that got in first they were they were playing a completely different game where it was like short-term investment like get in early. Uh, wait for the price to pump, basically wait for everyone else to come in and then sell right as everyone else is, is feeling most confident. Um, I also, uh, as you were talking uh, about the 2017-18 um, hype cycle, I remember at that time, uh, there was this, a lot of companies getting into the space were saying like, oh, blockchain, not Bitcoin. Like they, they liked the idea of a blockchain but not Bitcoin specifically. And they were all trying to build their own blockchains uh, and issue their own tokens. And it was kind of like any any project you could think of or any industry you could think of, but add a token to it or add a blockchain to it. Um, But then eventually, I mean, like you say, almost all of those projects failed and uh, Bitcoin survived. And after that, a lot of people started saying Bitcoin, not blockchain. Um, And it sounds like you had a similar realization. Did you kind of feel that way the whole way or, or did you kind of, um, as many of us like have some hopes for crypto but then eventually uh, come to Bitcoin or come back to Bitcoin? Yeah, well,
0: um, I think it's just my experience me uh, to that conclusion. Uh, yeah, uh, when I was at the family office leading the blockchain venture fund, um, yeah, there are some, you know, uh, conversation that I have with a uh, pretty big blockchain company that raise huge round of capital uh, but end up like just not going anywhere uh, a lot of those examples I don't want to be naming right now so um, there's a lot right so um, if you go through that conversation and you do a couple of deals like that um, you end up you know reaching that conclusion quite faster than people who don't have uh, experience I'm actually, you know, just not looking at you know any any Twitter thread or um, news media. Um, It's just the way I I think the industry uh, is heading, right? Because I I, am on the quite quite a full front looking at all this thing. Um, Yeah, eventually, you know, the conclusion to me at end of twenty eighteen is Bitcoin is here to stay. Blockchain, I don't know, right? And if you are an investor, if you are like, uh, especially if your family office, large institution, do you want to gamble your 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 family wealth, money into those uh, ideas that sounds sounds crazy, sounds right, but the way to for it to reach like Bitcoin's market cap is kind of like you know unrealistic, right? Um, those people are quite greedy during that time. Uh, thinking that you know, tokenize this, tokenize that, they can all become the next Bitcoin. Um, but the reality kind of showed them that no, I mean, your one million dollar or, or hundred million dollar investment in the blockchain company could end up zero, right? Your hundred million dollar put into the Bitcoin. Um, during that time, you know, even though it crashed fifty percent in the COVID during the COVID time, it's still up what? Um, at its peak, right, of like 10, 10X, mm. right? If you're still holding right now, um, 5K, right, 5K to um, 26K, you're still like uh, doing 5X, 6X, right? So, yeah, I, I think in, in, in this, in this, you know, if you put into the allocation standpoint, um, you are not trying to risk your capital into something that is just unsound, right? Um, And I think we are, during that, that point of period of time, just like everything, people just don't want to dive in into the, the reality. They are trying to be um, heard, right? Like there's like a talking hat, you know, maybe in a Wall Street, try to punch on the table, say, you know, blockchain, not Bitcoin, right? Uh, crypto, not Bitcoin. You know, let's put all this, all the money, uh, risk them into some projects that has high potential. Um, I think we all we all been through that era, right? We, the cycle is kind of like repeated again. Uh, after the twenty twenty COVID, right? There's a right. huge monetary easing. Uh, a lot of, shark sh- coins still, still there, right? FTX, uh, blow up, Luna, you know Terra Luna. So it's it just you know for for me, you know, coming from twenty. 18 cycle looking at looking back um, those are tri- quite obvious right the Terra luna fin the right. um, um, the FTX fin um, you know people try to colonize against chat coin, um you know all, all this are uh, on, on sound finance uh, if you're coming from you know you, 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 an allocator standpoint uh, you should be very careful about where you put your money. Not, not every capital should be put into those kind of risk bucket. Mm. And I think Bitcoin versus other stuff, it's just like, you know, Bitcoin is less risky as time goes on, as market cycle um, repeatedly showing that Bitcoin has the resiliency, you know, throughout, throughout the whole cycle. Um, versus like, you know, the, the share coins, it's just, you know, you, know, you can crash to zero, uh, it can disappear. And another bucket of coins rise again in the next cycle. Uh, if you are, if your strategy just bet, is betting on the, the next cycle coin pump, sure, that's a that's another you know fun strategy. I, I'm not totally against that. There are some investors focus on that, um, but I think that's not a, a real uh, a, a real type of allocation game. Uh, for me, at least, I think for me to protect my wealth against uh the serious issue like you know monetary inflation, um like a central bank manipulate the monetary policy um when you can have something long term to hold on and potentially undervalue that's something I w I wanna concentrate it on. Um and, and try to be honest about you know the data that around the cryptocurrency world. Like, you know, Bitcoin has been a top one market cap throughout the whole history of cryptocurrency. All right. um, it's very unusual. Because if you put that in the stock market, you know, the top one will be, will be changed, right? Uh, so Bitcoin is not a stock, Bitcoin is not equity. So you don't assume that kind of change. And the network effect kind of like compound. Um, it's just growing larger and larger each cycle. Um, so for, for an investor to concentrate on Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency investment strategy, I think that's prudent. Uh, and if you are like a venture capitalist, you want to waste your mo- uh, LP's money on those shitcoin pump. Sure. Right. It's there, that's, that's another category of uh, investment that you can make, but um, the risk is different. Right. I can make, I can be like, you know, $100 million in Bitcoin. I can kind of see it goes up like 10x, 100x in, in a decades, Right. But your hundred million to the check coins or, or, or blockchain companies might end up zero. Right? Is that the risk reward you wanna take? Sure, yeah. right? Uh, that's up to, you know, individual, uh, investor,
1: you know, institution, allocator. Yeah. They they decide that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, way different level of risk and uh, also yeah, thinking short term versus long term. Um I wanna get into this idea of working on a bitcoin standard or or even living on a bitcoin standard so as a company um do you do you actually denominate uh like your balance sheet and uh, performance in terms of bitcoin or how does that work do you have to do it in both bitcoin and dollars yeah so psychologically yes you denominate that in bitcoin um
0: but when you do the actual accounting you can you can do both right us dollar or bitcoin um, but it's, it's, it's a mindset, right? I think that if you choose Bitcoin as your uh, money, right, it happens, you know, normally, you know, what people are wildly agree is there's three stages of money, right? Uh, store volume, be of change, you account. count. Um, need account is more, more psychological for different ind- individual. Uh, I think if you are a true believer uh, into Bitcoin, I think you you should start denominating your whole life based on Bitcoin, and and there are many Bitcoiners try to do that right. they' uh, live living exclusively on Bitcoin. Um, it's just a it's just a mindset, right? You can you can also, uh, live on the dollar mindset or fiat fiat mindset. Um, f- so for me, it's, this Bitcoin denominator thing just really is uh, it's a philosophy, it's philosophical, and um, you. You want to see the world through that lens so that you can price in or have specific knowledge, specific um, ideas around different things, right? For example, um, if you haven't get into the Bitcoin world, when you see fiat, right, it's like, um, you know, the inflation took away a lot of um, purchasing power. Um, your your house right um if you want to buy a house is like 10x much expensive or than like than five years ago something like that you wonder what what is happening right uh if you see it through the fiat lens you probably won't get it right and if you see it through the bitcoin lens um you can't see what what has happened to the to the fiat world because fiat has kept debasing and bitcoin is not debasing at all it's fixed that 1 million coins um, so that's that that was a very interesting idea right that's like a very psychological state uh, for, um, for for you know for fun or for um, for any individual uh, to adopt that uh, yeah you, you, you really you, you have to realize the, the Bitcoin standard right that that was the um, that would be the book I would be referred to to understand what what does it mean Um, to be bitcoin denominated um so as a as a fund for uh we we actually yes we denominated our our return in bitcoin Hmm. but um but there isn't really much uh, of uh, a return per se Uh, most of our time uh what we do which is huddle right so the bitcoin balance hasn't changed for years we do some, you know, the venture investing. So those venture investing to Bitcoin companies, they still, their their valuation is up, um, but I don't, I don't calculate that as yet, because those are illiquid. Um, You know, as a markup, right, of those valuation, I've been making pretty decent return on those, Uh, especially, you know, when, when Bitcoin is down uh, 50% 50 or more from the peak, um those venture capital bets uh haven't been experienced uh, a large drawdown eventually they are pretty they appear they are pretty resilient uh they are like on chain i think the the reason around they have uh uh same valuation and uh and i think it's still good um as a markup uh, still hasn't really experienced any drawdown uh from the Bitcoin price going down, hmm. um, so I find that interesting. Uh, so in a relative term, um, um, the venture strategy is really you know good in you know in com- in relative um, to holding Bitcoin. So if you run the Bitcoin fund, I think the interesting strategy that I've been experiencing is holding Bitcoin is the priority. Um, and you can start looking now for like what kinds of companies out there actually support the Bitcoin ecosystem, you know, building on top, orange peeling uh, people or provide uh, a good educating resource, uh, provide good on-brand, off-brand. Um, and those companies will li- likely have a much better outcome. And then, then compared to those who don't, um, so that's that's like a much more riskier bet on the long term tail of the return um yeah so far that's been that's been good on my on my book at least yeah
1: right yeah i was gonna ask about that Um, investing in bitcoin companies versus bitcoin um some types of companies for example miners i think uh if you invest in bitcoin miners versus bitcoin i mean they they kind of follow the price of bitcoin in the sense that when bitcoin goes up they they tend to go up by a lot and when bitcoin goes down they go down by a lot but i was wondering uh is it possible to invest in bitcoin companies that are kind of counter cyclical where they uh they do well or at least they they hold up when uh, during a bitcoin bear market
0: well yeah so there's differences between um Investing in a venture deal versus investing in a public deal. Right. Um, so let's just say uh, the Bitcoin miner has much more significant drawdown um, you know, than Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin hold up quite nicely compared to the, some of the Bitcoin miners. And even some of the Bitcoin miners go bankrupt, right? Uh, yeah. So that's a risk investors have to take um, to outperform Bitcoin. Um, but in a bull market, same thing, right? I think the, the Bitcoin miner outperform um, Bitcoin price by, you know, multiples, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think this 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 type of like uh, performance tracking Bitcoin, um, it is there. the, the, um, the correlation the is there, right? So on the upside, the Bitcoin miner perform more. On the downside, Bitcoin miner perform way the worst. Um, that's the public sector, uh, even though you look at, even you look at MicroStrategy, been, right? They hold they the largest public company holding Bitcoin. Um, when, when there's in the bull market, like just recent rally with Bitcoin, you see MicroStrategy outperform Bitcoin, um, by, you know, large percentage. Um, so the correlation is always there because mm-hmm. they are like liquid, liquid, uh, equity that you can trade around to bet on the you know the price direction of bitcoin um as for the venture deal where where is interesting is venture deal doesn't have a lot of liquidity, so it depends on um what are the investors try to come in right for example um if i have a company that you know is doing uh pretty relatively well during a bear cycle right and uh an investor might come in and say you know uh i will want i want to buy some of the um your equity um but th- there will be some negotiation right uh whether you lower down your valuation so i can invest it in or uh i can up my valuation because i'm i'm, I'm under value right and in in the scenario it just it, it depends on how the negotiation happens uh between the investor and the company some of the um, crypto companies that I, you know, uh, research and, you know, have a deal on hand, some of them have a lot of like valuation drawdown um, and, uh, and the next investor try to come in with big uh, liquidity, try to press the, uh, the valuation, right? Um, it, it, it really depends on how, you know, the, the startup, the venture companies, are they are in the urge of capital injection right do they need this liquidity on hand if they need that liquidity and a and, uh, and board director can agree um, yes that's lower down our valuation but that's always like a bad thing for early stage startup like if you are in the series A series B that's like very um, wor- worry, worrisome if you have a down round mm. because what, what you wish is every every round like series A series B to so you see, you always up a couple percentage or even up like one x, two x. That's that's like you know, that's that's how you continue to raise uh, a different uh, next round. So, sure. um, so for for good company, right? So the company that I invested in hasn't really experienced any down round. Um, and that's very, very fortunate for because the sector they are in, they are not in the cynical sector like you know, uh, mining. Right? They are like you know. In the company, like for example, on chain, they are in the custody business, they are in lending business. Even the lending business it has draw down a lot, but the opportunity there is huge, right? So, um, we we saw BlockFi going down, we saw uh FTS going down, we saw Genesis Trading going to hot business. So who left to compete in the Bitcoin lending world? Uh, there are there are only a few. So, investor may come in and say, you know, right now it's time to put put capital in, um. Uh, and we can buy at the same valuation as last time, right? So there's no down round, which is uh, which is investors that they like the business future, uh, they like the business model, uh, they think the valuation makes sense for not having a down round and at the same time buying the uh, uh, the share of the company. So it, it really depends on the situation. so private deal, venture deal is more complicated. And is less subjective to the market price movement. Like the Bitcoin price doesn't really affect the um devaluation that much. But it certainly has some has some effect, uh, but it depends on individual company. Um, and but in the business wise, right? In the business wise, I think with Bitcoin down 50% from the top, every every business that's associated with Bitcoin has this um, very significant um you know uh bear market sure. that affecting their business
1: sure yeah especially if they're holding bitcoin on their balance sheet and i'm sure like i mean yeah. we, we see that uh, people pay attention when the price goes up they they lose interest when it goes down so i guess uh, a lot of these businesses probably do lose customers but it's interesting to hear you say that uh that it's not totally just following the Bitcoin price. There is um, this non-cyclical um, growth trend to the companies. That that's that's good to hear.
0: Yeah, and I want I want to point out like some of the Lightning companies mm-hmm. out there, um, because the excitement around the like, Lightning network in the bear market, um, yeah, the valuation has been uh, up, not down. So that's very interesting to see. I think that. I think, you know, some of the venture investors out there are very excited, uh, very, um, you know, they, they think Lightning is uh, the next thing for Bitcoin. So they wanted to um, get into some of the best Lightning companies right now uh, since they are still early, right? Um, getting those board seats, uh, getting those allocation there um there there's been a pretty different vibe in in the in the lightning ecosystem
1: yeah uh, yeah absolutely i i just talked with uh koji a lot about the lightning network actually because uh, i mean he's running a, a lightning network community basically um and yeah whereas a few years ago lightning was something we heard about as uh yeah it's coming along um but still has a lot uh long way to go it needs a lot of work and now we're seeing an explosion of companies building building lightning but also building on lightning that doing other unique things with the lightning networks so uh yeah that's uh really exciting to see um i want to talk about taiwan uh because uh, well I, i've never been to taiwan but i'm curious what the bitcoin scene is like there
0: sure yeah so when i came back to taiwan i think that's when the Twenty twenty July after hmm. COVID, um, um, yeah, Taiwan is is uh, you know first and foremost is a pretty nice place to live at, um, but the problem is there's an escalation of geopolitical right. conflict. Yeah. Um, you know, to be to be clear, is this U.S. and China, China and Taiwan conflict. Um, it, and, and it really escalate in, in the recent years, um, you know, and, and that really, uh, you can see that, you know, on the television news local, from the local Taiwanese um, reports um, you can see on the newspaper is covering every day, right? Whether or not uh, the Chinese Communist Party is going to attack mm. us, you know. Um, so the, there's a certain fear. Um, but the fear is not like large as Western, what Western people are thinking. Um, maybe, you know, Westerners try to exaggerate the situation. Um, but I think that we need to be, we, we need to be mindful that there's a probability that this kind of thing could happen in the future. Um, so Taiwan has a very unique, uh, stand in, in the Bitcoin world as well. Uh, because you know, um, th- those geopolitical tension that I mentioned. Um, also, you know, uh, the industry wise, if you, if you're talking about Bitcoin mining, then you have to talk about, uh, Taiwan, Taiwan semiconductor, right? right? Uh, the company called TSMC. Yeah. Um, so TSMC is is the biggest supplier of the mining chip. Um, basically, dominated, um, ninety percent of the entire bitcoin mining machine asic mining machine um and uh so we have a big very very huge impact on on the bitcoin uh, that work uh the security um and 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 we don't want to um not looking at this seriously right if if china want to attack us and they the they first thing we, we're gonna take down is the you know the, the, the fab that built in taiwan right the semiconductor mm-hmm. fab um so that's a, that's a huge issue uh regarding the it's not even a bitcoin bitcoin thing that like bitcoin represents very small revenue um uh, at, at tsmc actually the global electronic device are all hugely depend on whether or not tsmc continue uh, yeah. to function um and and so that's back to the Bitcoin community here. So is isn't the Bitcoin community here actually understanding the sphere of the uh the position that that we are in, right? Um I think most of them has very little clue about how important Bitcoin is or how important T S M C is for the country. Um, especially coming from, you know, the crypto people in Taiwan. I, I I found that they are more interested in making short-term mm-hmm. money, right? For example, like launching a coin or supporting um, DeFi stuff. Uh, there's a lot of scammers, right? There's a lot of like unregistered exchange, uh, trying to scam people's money. Um, it's quite popular uh, in in Taiwan during the bull cycle. Um, I think we are one of the few countries that suffers significantly. Um, from the FTX blow up. Um, uh, so what's the what's the thing here in Taiwan is we have a very good engineer uh engineering community. Um you know, we are very good at electronic engineering. But in, in 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 terms of like software engineering, like a lot of those focus are either in the AI or, you know, what what what's so called right now have been you know, shift the narrative to the Web3, right, from Metaverse mm-hmm. to Web3. So there are, like, a lot of Web3 developers, companies, um, here mm-hmm. in, in Taiwan. Uh, so when you start a Bitcoin community, like people, like, feel, like, weird about uh, why, why don't you start something more exciting, right? Web3, you know, tokens, Web3 ideas for some gaming and something like that. I think, I think the most important thing for Taiwanese to think about is not whether I, I wanted I wanted this new Web3 to succeed is whether how you protect your wealth um and your semiconductor industry when uh when when, when China attack you, uh, either is connected warfare or political warfare. You have to protect yourself. But either way, I think that the the end result is the citizen will lose wealth, right? The institution will lose wealth companies in general will lose wealth if, you, if you're based out of uh, Taiwan. So it's a very significant geopolitical issue. And I, 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 own, I think Bitcoin is one solution to that. Another solution could be, you know, moving your asset away from Taiwan, set up like an offshore account in somewhere or move it to, you know, U.S. Um, start open option or, or Singapore, right? Um, but still, you, you, are, you are not taking um, those, those kind of like steps is not normally for, um, you know, for average individual no, really. to do. So the average individual have no, no way to, to escape the wealth, mm-hmm. to move their wealth offshore or to Singapore. Those, those things cost a lot, right? Only those like high out with individual, um, institution, uh, could, yeah. could do that, right? Um, so, so Bitcoin represents a very interesting solution for Taiwanese, and that's why, you know, I, 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 I kind of like, you know, went back to Taiwan and I come build this um, Taiwan BitDev community uh, based out hmm. of my office. So we have a meeting, uh, meet up like once a month uh, for people to discuss mostly Bitcoin technology um, and also some geopolitical a issue if people want to learn more about. Um, so in, in in essence, I think you know there is reason that why I pick Bitcoin as the you know the asset for my family fund. Um, it has a couple benefits, right? For example, um, I think the first benefit is you can choose this middle path between the U.S. and China, right? And this middle path is called Bitcoin. Uh, what what do I mean by middle path? Is that you know when U.S. and China are going after each other, um, uh, there's no winner in that in that mm. in that warfare. You know the tr- the trade war has bring down the globalization, um, you know their hostile, you know foreign policy between each other have resulted in more conflict. Real technology sanction, you know, you know uh, even COVID can be a p- be a part of this uh political conflict, um, so. I don't think there's any winner. So if you pick, like, you know, I want to escape my wealth to the US, you think US is going to win? I think that's a very short-term type of uh, mindset for people to have. That's pretty easy conclusion, right? If you don't want to go to China, oh, okay, then you go to US, right? It's kind of like binary, binary uh, thinking right now. Um, that's that's the traditional asset allocator will think. Like if you don't want to invest in China. Just like Taiwanese previously, they invest heavily in China, and now because of the policy issue, they cannot do business there, or there's like a lot of restriction doing business there. So they want to move away, right? right? But moving to Taiwan is not like a good, good outcome as well because China can take you wherever they want, right? So, and so they their 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 decision is oh let's move to US, let's move to Singapore, and buy this. Uh, U.S. dollar-denominated asset, you know, like treasury, like stocks, real estate, whatever, right? Um, but I don't think you know the the outcome is going to be is what you know most people would be think would be like you know either U.S. or China. I think it's something that could come out unexpectedly, right? Coming out as unlikely winner, and I think that that unlikely winner is hmm. is Bitcoin. It's not, it, it, it's not a country, it's not a nation, but, but it's, it's kind of like cyberspace, right? It's like what, what Michael Cedric has been describing is you want to escape to somewhere that has no um, political conflict, has no um, big government that is holding around you, trying to seize your property, right? And and I think Bitcoin represents that middle way that people can escape into when there's two largest economy in the world have conflict with each other Um, and and my my focus and my belief is i think these two countries going to continue those those conflicts until one completely died out or or one replaced Hmm. the other uh it's going to be ongoing war for decades and that's a bad news for the global economy that's bad news for a lot of companies actually uh try to build you know, um, their resources in, in China or, or resources in, in U.S. And, and Bitcoin is kind of like, you know, it, it, it's grassroots, right? It can go anywhere. Uh, it doesn't restrict it, uh, you know, in China or U.S., right? It's, it's basically something that lives on the Internet uh, that people can buy and escape from those regimes. Um, and I think... This uh, this is a micro big picture, right? Another another second second mm-hmm. point is, if you really want to escape your wealth, right? When when a war happen, um, you want to, you want to store it in something that you can carry with you, um, without without any burden, yeah. right? So you can carry a password with you in your head, um, or, or a single device, or you already have a single device somewhere, um. So Bitcoin has this um, option nowadays where you can es- escape somewhere relatively easy. So the capital becomes more liquid fluid, wealth becomes more liquid fluid. So it, it, Bitcoin born in, in a time when, when it, it needed, right? What, when, when was Bitcoin needed? It's needed when, uh, when warfare, when, when there's a, like a regime yeah. oppression. So you can, sh- so you can escape. Uh, through this uh, through this asset, through this technology, yeah. the tool. Um, this is what I believe, right? And, uh, and, and another thing is I'm more economically, I think um, Bitcoin's hard cap uh, represents something that's unusual than the most asset costs. Um, and this is not either you know this is US asset or China Chinese asset this is more like a global asset so every single individual in the world can access to this as global mm-hmm. asset without uh without any burden without any like register at whatever exchange you can you can you can do it peer to peer to peer. you can do it non kyc or you can do it kyc which other way right it, it, it becomes a, a global asset when every every citizen in the world uh, can purchase this and move away from the country, or or or, um, or or needed to escape because of warfare. Uh, just look at Ukraine, right? Just you look at any anywhere have a significant um, political conflict. Uh, so Bitcoin become a solution for that. Um, so I think Taiwanese need to think about how unusual that we are in this situation, and this situation is not going anywhere, right? It's not like one day China is going to stop talking about invading us, right? Since they become more and more and more powerful, um, they will always speak in, in that mm-hmm. in that language because they are the empire, right? Uh, we are just a, a small island, right? With US backing us. But US has also its own self interest as an empire because they don't want to lose the war. Uh, they don't want to lose the leadership um to China, right? So we we are in the micro. Taiwanese is calling in the microcosm of this empire, um, conflict, and, uh, and you really see why why we need Bitcoin in that in that microcosm, and I think I, I'm the I'm one of the few uh people out here, try to speak um, uh, you know about the strategy, and uh, I I'm doing it you know personally I'm doing it with my, with my family and I believe this is the right allocation strategy um, that is way better than you put all your asset bets on Mm. the US economy. I think, uh, you know, I think that's a
1: that's a a way to binary approach. Yeah, Yeah, that's such an interesting perspective, uh, because I I think so many people, they hear Bitcoin, they think it's like, oh, Internet money or some kind of Internet points or Um, There's no distinction in their minds between Bitcoin and um, just the latest cryptocurrency. Um, But it's wild when you think in terms of history, uh, like during times of war and other unrest, people turn to something like gold um, because you see, you see currencies hyperinflated during war to pay for, uh, to pay for the war. And so people, flee to something like gold um, to try to protect their wealth. But then, um, as you say, sometimes you have to be able to transport your wealth out of the country and gold is incredibly difficult to transport. Um, maybe not many people, uh, the average person isn't really thinking of Bitcoin and gold in the same categories. But I think uh, if if you drill down into it, so many like everything that we uh, appreciate about gold is Um, replicated in Bitcoin, but with the added benefit that it exists in cyberspace, as you say, not not as a tangible asset. Um, So that is, yeah, yeah, that is really fascinating to think about that uh, Bitcoin presents uh, a way out, whereas previously, uh, like um, decades ago, we saw a lot of um, families flee China um, with their uh, wealth, flee the communist regime and i'm sure that was extremely expensive to do and they probably lost a lot along the way it's interesting to but now Bitcoin, yeah. uh, presents a way of yeah. um keeping your wealth with you uh, in in times of emergency um or just keeping it beyond the reach of uh of uh, potentially uh, authoritarian regimes that's uh, yeah interesting perspective yeah
0: i i, I did this video I think you probably have watched it before. It's called uh, uh Bitcoin's generational wealth. The one on your website, um, yes, I did. Yeah. So I brought together um a team. Uh Tomer is the lead uh, narrator of the film. Tomer uh, from Swan Bitcoin. There's a yeah, so I asked him to Or I'm sorry, Bitcoin uh, magazine. First... No 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 Swan. Swan. Oh okay. Yeah. Um yeah i I was fascinated with this you know history of wealth, how it's being confiscated, how it calmly, you know get destroyed, mm-hmm. and it kind of like tied back to my own family history as well. so uh my family originally is from Taiwan, right and but you know like fifty years ago or eighty years ago uh, when when the when China has this civil war. Right, communist party versus the nationalist, um, and end up like Nationalists losing the civil war, so they have to retreat back to Taiwan, mm-hmm. and during that retreat time, um, the nationalists t- took away all the property, uh, from the local Taiwanese that established huh. uh, or built wealth prior, um, you know, before before their their coming, mm-hmm. right? Um, so my family is one of the. Uh, Stopper of that period, period of uh, oppression and uh, wealth confiscation, whatever you wanna name it. Similar thing in, in in China, communists confiscated all the you know old wealth, right? They so they have to uh, rebuild it, and, and, and they they essentially legalized that all the older land in in China has belonged to the Communist Party. Uh, it's even more extreme. Like, there's no property right uh, in China, mm-hmm. right? Just government can grant you, but it's not like, you know, legally you own this land, right? Um, so the history is just oh, throughout that, you know, wealth destruction, uh, and family have to flee, whether, whether or not you are, well, you know, powerful or wealthy family, you still have to figure out, you know, um, to, to leave the country when things turn bad there, there are a lot of the wealthy chinese during the civil war time um they are very prestigious wealthy but end up like nothing when they mm. when they you know take the ship with the nationalists and and you know retreat to taiwan yeah they have to rebuild everything here um a lot of them are like general not something like you know big um merchants uh, they just lose all the fin. Um, I think that similar history just can't come repeated in different parts of the you know country and history yeah. uh, so, so I did the film just to remind myself remind the viewer that how easily and how things could change fast um, when you know when when there's a conflict right um, And, and we don't have to tool back in the time to safeguard our wealth, um, you know, through, through internet or through cryptographic technology. Um, Mm. and now I think we, we probably have a way to deal with it. Um, and it's not like, you know, this thing could never happen again. Um, I'm not like a pessimistic, but I'm like realist. Um, I think, I think. if it happens in the past, it will likely happen um, in the future, because the future usually rhyme, right? Sure. But this time, I think we have a decent tool that we could navigate a crisis. Um, and this, this kind of crisis often happen during a time when there's a power conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, b- back, back to my point with the China and U.S. conflict, I think... Um, China and U.S. really are two empire, uh, try to dominate the world. Um, and before U.S. and China, and there's uh, Japan and U.S., yeah. right? If you remember in 1980s, something like that, Ch- Japan tried to take over U.S. as num- number one economy in the world, yeah. but get shut yeah, down. Yeah, coming quick for the U.S., um, until the bubble burst. Yeah, yeah. But this time, I think China is a little bit different than Japan because I think ch- China has a lot of uh, tool uh, and also different ideology. So if you think about more like meta or higher to you just two country have conflict with each other. If you, you you can think about this is a clash of two ideology, right? One ideology is a communist ideology, and one ideology is a Western ideology where they want they, they want the citizen to vote they want freedom they want the democracy uh, and one side of ideology is you want totalitarianism you want social welfare uh, you want you know common people to um, to stay um, to stay power you know you want you, um, mm. you want to have a single party system you want to have total control, right? It's, it's essentially a cl- clash of uh, ideology. Um, and I think during that clash of ideology and nation-state um, fighting each other over resources, um, something has to be there to solve the issue. I, you know, I, I think uh, Bitcoin, in terms of my optimistic view, uh, is that individually uh, we have an option. Not like you have that. Back, back back to my point, when Taiwanese have to choose between U.S. and China, now we can choose Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very interesting, like you know, some um, some so this this idea is born. Um, not like a lot of people could accept it, um, but it's, it's kind of like a reality here. If you understand Bitcoin deeply enough, you you, you understand that you know in this in this type of Clash of ideology. I can choose a different ideology that's not controlled um, by any single government entity. It's not representative of any state. So, it's it's essentially the uh, uh, you know a nation for people, right? Uh, a currency for um, for people. So, so it re- it really makes you think about you know you know choosing between the. Between the the nation states, and give yourself, give your, give indi- individual, give a family, give institution an option to opt out. So that's why we we always stay as a bitcoiners or people who like believe in bitcoin that you know opt uh, out, exit the system,
1: hmm.
0: right? Bitcoin is the exit strategy at the end of the day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What would you? Um, I mean, I I think. Uh, there's a good argument against this, but, uh, I can imagine someone, um, thinking, well, we need to, uh, we need to like fight on our side, like contribute to our side of the, of the potential war. Um, it would be unpatriotic to, to opt out. Um, but what would you, what would be your response to to someone saying something like that?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think, um, Patriotic or or not, I think this, this is a way for you to fight for your country and die for it, right? It's it's kind of like you know, um, how do I put it this way? Um, so if you are a soldier on the on the front representing your country, right, and you sacrifice in the result of two nations' conflict, um. That that's a little bit of um, that's heroic, right? Because con that if you fight for your country, that's patriotic, that's heroic. Your country will honor you, um. But but in the deep down, your family is not going to be happy about it. They will be very sad that you die, right? Even though they feel like you know country honor them, but deep down, your family will feel like, you know, I lose my son, I lose my. Father, I lose my husband, mm. right and that feeling is not going away. so there's always a, um, a trauma you know looing around um, after this you know horrible thing happened, especially war um, when when people die, you know those traumas stay with the family and um, and that's like a, a choice for an individual, I think. Uh, you can be, be patriotic, you know die for your country. Um, but sometime, you know, there's a consequence that you choose your nation versus choosing your family, Yeah. right? Um, in, in the world today, right, when information technology is more advanced, I think it goes back to the family roots, right? The nation um, has less power over you. Uh, because you have the decision to choose between you know i could leave the country right i can move my family to elsewhere escape it with whatever you have you know using the modern technology right and the world today is more developed than, than ever right you can move to um, bali you can move to taiwan you know there's other good places that you know uh, compute where you live right um it's a, it's a personal choice to be a patriotic to be a hero for your country die for your country or um, yeah it's 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 a, this is a very uh difficult uh question mm-hmm. to answer um but if if i will answer this do i choose between fighting my for my nation my family um i think i i wanted to fight for my mm-hmm. family yeah
1: yeah, and in this day and age, it's it's hard to imagine any uh, government or state that is completely noble, completely in the right. I mean, any no any yeah. government going to war, um, it, it's yeah, it, it's hard to imagine that being a completely noble cause. And and I think you're right that it's important for people to have that choice and to be able to protect themselves and. Opt out of a potential war between two sides uh, that maybe they don't agree with uh, with either one.
0: Yeah, you don't want it to be pulled into the the war, right? Um, yeah, and and I do think like modern technology nowadays can prevent, you know, um, something like that. You know, to make a better decision mm-hmm. for your family for the nation. Um, like the, the invention of nuclear bomb basically eliminate, you know, large-scale hostile war uh, between two nations, otherwise we will, both, we will all die um, with the nuclear war. Um, that I hope that never happened, yeah. right? And uh, also that, you know, technology involved super fast. Um, I think that just enable individual uh, to make a, like I said, to make a better decision um, uh, when 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 this, those kind of thing come at you, right? Um, you have to protect yourself, um, uh, you know, and your family. Uh, nation, nation will always have a conflict with other nation. That's just always a, a mm-hmm. case. Um, but yeah, but it's your choice to fight for your nation, right. or you wanted to stay alive, stay healthy, you know. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's uh, such an interesting topic and one that I I didn't necessarily expect to go into, but I'm glad that we did. Um it's uh it's interesting to hear you say that most Taiwanese are not thinking in in these terms though.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, I think they are more um more short-term minded, you know, in a in the sense that um they don't they no longer have this same mentality when they build TSMC. Like when they when they build T SMCs, like government is helping it all the um, wealthy families in Taiwan, you know, they are supportive. Um and uh it's it's a national um thing, hmm. right? It's not just a company uh try to build something, but it's it's a huge risk. Right? It's not like you know, this is like a, a thing that you, you invest in will ultimately ultimately have a good return. Right. So they put a lot of risk into into building a semiconductor. Um and, and it's, it's the best decision that they ever made. Hmm. Right. It it, it it not only protects the Taiwan as an a as a as a country, right, it also uh give us more leverage when we when we talk to
1: China or talk to US government. Um Yeah, actually that was a decision that that uh, they they must have had a lot of foresight. Or or just got lucky, I guess, and how it turned out. But probably yeah, yeah.
0: It it's it's more like, you know, they persisted, right? And they throw they actually invested a lot of money, hmm. um taxpayer money, whatever, right? So they invested a lot of money, time. Um and if I say this you'll be you'll be thinking this is crazy, but like five years ago nobody gave a shit, right, about TSNC until now. Hmm. And TSMC have been a, a decade long company. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't remember when they started it, but they started like maybe 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And it take a couple of decades to get here, right? So it's a very long term investment, low preference investment. Um, I just feel like the, the government at that time has this wisdom and, 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 and knowledge about investing in the leading technology in the world. Have this found foresight, it's amazing. Um, and now, I think our government need to think about not only leading on the technology edge, but protecting the wealth of the nation and the citizen. Um, so we can protect the fruits that we have, you know, um, create, you know, with all this investment in in the past. We need mm-hmm. to find a way. Um, to protect it right yeah we we've been on the technology boom right manufacturing boom um, semiconductor ai you know all these are good productive result of good investment and good foresight uh but sometimes you know w- when you have a good foresight a good result good lucky on your business but doesn't mean you can keep the wealth right yeah. how do you keep the wealth that's a that's a question right i can build a business um that's generating a lot of cash flow but how do i put the cash flow to use do i buy treasury bond right do i buy stocks do i buy bond or do i buy you know bitcoin so it is it, so you have to figure out a way to p- protect the wealth hmm. um that's that's that will be my um my advice you know not only taiwanese government but uh, all government in the world like you know you have all this productivity, but how do you protect it? Hmm. That 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 will be the big question in the future. And fiat currency is ultimately going to dilute all the wealth, right? Um, so you have to be think more deeply on how can you navigate in this uh, in this environment um, when a lot of crazy stuff just
1: happened. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I certainly see parallels between. Um, the Taiwanese families and government building TSMC and your approach to uh, uh, to your family fund in terms of uh, taking a long term perspective and uh, focusing on how to uh, protect wealth, and not just uh, seeing how many multiples you can get and risking uh, risking it all going to zero. Um, yeah. Uh, such a fascinating conversation, and uh, I've I've kept to you for a while, so maybe we'll we'll draw it to a close here. But uh, you you mentioned that you also organize a, a Taiwan a Bit Devs meetup. Um, is that uh, still ongoing? Yeah,
0: yeah, still ongoing. Uh, once a month we gather,
1: um, and um,
0: it's been a year since I started that. Hmm. Uh, now we have uh, three co-hosts. I'm one of them. So in case I I left Taiwan or not here, so we can continue to do it with other host hosting.
1: Awesome.
0: Um, yeah. So if you ever come here, uh, in Taiwan, Taipei, um, you should you should come visit the meetup. Yeah, uh, I would where love you can to meet um, fascinating people. Yeah, I I've, yeah. I've been. Meeting... I think the people who come to meet up mostly agree with my idea. Um, those people who had, actually grasped what Bitcoin is. Mm. So they, they are more, um, more into the idea that I have, which they have already been doing it. Right. Uh, they are the, you know, the, the real trial blazer, right. Um, they have been doing it for a while. Um, some of the OGs, uh, you know, doing this the decades ago. Right. So yeah. it's amazing to have those crowd uh, crowd together, um, be, be those people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I've been meaning to visit uh Taipei, Taiwan for uh for years now. And uh so yeah, I'll definitely make it happen and uh visit sometime. Uh where should uh where should people go to to find out more, to follow your work? I know you mentioned the video on your website, that's uh mimesis capital dot com. Anywhere else you wanna send people.
0: Yeah, so uh, my how do I say uh my accental, right? So it's my X handle is Lewis h Do? Oh yeah, um, X. <laughs> yeah, 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 I never X know what to say either. Twitter. X. So it, it, yeah. It's the Twitter um, but you call X right now. So H uh, do is my X handle. And um, I I am mostly spending my social online social media there. Uh, I don't have any other social media um oh i have a uh Nostr as well yeah but the pop key is too long to say right now <laughs> so you can you can post it on the on the podcast whatever oh, uh, really, um, yeah. so i have a i have Nostr account uh i've been i i've been only user of Nostr to be uh to be frankly um i you know not say i'm like a, a huge 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 um believer of this technology but i found it fascinating um being using it Uh, since last year, um, you know, have been posting there as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, for me, it's uh, it's, it's quite an experiment. And uh, I I really do wish this thing take off
1: and more people adopt it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's growing fast and uh, the tools are developing super quickly um we've even got uh nostr conference nostrasia coming up uh, in tokyo november yeah. one to three i guess there's also one at the same time yeah. in hong kong i will be in the i'm gonna be in the tokyo for that oh awesome you, you will be being a person
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: okay uh, a lot of people a man.
0: lot of people is going especially uh bitcoin believers I think they are all fascinated by the, the Nostra protocol. Yeah. Um, z- zapping, you know, uh, with Bitcoin is, is much fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it sure is.
1: All right, Lewis, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for hosting me. Okay, what did you think of that? I like the point Lewis made that if you're investing your family's money, investing for generational wealth, You're not going to gamble it on something that could just as easily go to zero as it could 100x. You're going to invest it in something with sound fundamentals and a track record of survival. You're going to think about how to protect it from insidious dangers like inflation and manipulation. Too many people out there focused only on getting rich quick, not on preserving what they have. It was also great to learn more about Taiwan's semiconductor manufacturing company, TSMC and how Lewis thinks Bitcoin similarly offers something long-term that can protect Taiwanese and their value. It reminded me of that quote, Old men declare war, young men die for it. And I really hope people are able to choose themselves and their families, not just one empire or another. Lewis will also be a speaker at the Indonesia Bitcoin Conference at the end of this month, so check out my last episode with the organizer, Dea, to learn more about that event. Subscribe to the show if you don't want to miss an upcoming episode. And if you'd like to help me out, a rating or review or sharing this episode with a friend would really go a long way. In any case, let me know what you thought. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you again soon. GM Radio.